Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, today, Heidi, you know our number one visit at Open to Hope is uh, adults losing parents, and we have a wonderful woman on today who knows how to honor those who we've lost, and we're going to be talking to her today about how we can do that because I know we all want to honor the people that we've loved after they passed on. So, Heidi, would you like to introduce her? Sure, I'd love to. We are going to interview Barry Liner Grant today, and we've had Barry on our cable show. It was a fabulous show. Please go to Open to Hope to watch it. And as you said, Mom, we're going to be talking about memories of Mom and how to honor our mothers. Barry is very familiar with this topic because her mom died suddenly of a brain aneurysm. And Barry was only in her 20s at the time. And today, Barry is an author and editor. She is a certified yoga and meditation teacher. She is a chief grief officer, and she is the founder of the Memory Circle. Please go to her site and look at all the amazing things she's doing today. Welcome to the show, Barry. Thanks. It's so good to see you both again. It's good to see you, too. We've enjoyed having you on the show. Anything new since we last talked to you? Yeah, some fun stuff. There is a new app called Intro, where you can hire an expert, experts in everything that you can imagine. And they just reached out and they asked if I would be the first to support the grief space. I love that the world is opening up to the need for more, more exploration, more talk, more resources. And this one seems really a great one. I'm so excited to onboard. That's great. You know, that is wonderful because again, adults losing parents really doesn't get a lot of play in the world, does it? No. And I think that was part of the reason, not only that I do my work, but that I realized many years later that I had never grieved. I think as someone who was in their late 20s, I had just been married, that people thought, well, you'll just go back to work and you'll go back to what they perceived as my new normal. Mm -hmm. And no one used the word grief and no one used the word grieving and no one really gave us time or space or resources. And it took many, many years until I became a mom myself to realize that that had created something that I like to call regrief, where I didn't even know um, what was coming for me, but it was um, a very happy and also sad time. And it really illuminated one of those, one of those amazing life experiences that you wish so much that your mom was present for and I was fortunate to have one of the most beautiful relationships with my mother that I couldn't imagine leaning into life as a mother without her without her wise mm -hmm. counsel and love and what it would mean you know we call her grandma Ellen she was never a grandmother and it was my way of keeping her memory alive with my girls so much so that both of my girls have said Emma and Quinn, um, I feel like I know Grandma. Yeah, that's I great. It. You know, I think we've really kept Scott's memory alive that way, haven't we, Heidi? 
Absolutely. I was just thinking that as very was talking mom because my kids have never met my brother yet. They, they know him because I keep, like you said, you know, I keep his memory alive through all the stories. I think one of the reasons we're on the earth is to pass down memories of those that we've loved that are no longer here. Absolutely. And, and I felt, especially in her passing, that I became the keeper of the memories so that if I didn't share them and I didn't tell the story of all of the things that I had experienced with her, then, then who would? And it's such a joy when I realized that it wasn't going to make the rest of the world sad by my sharing, but more inspired by all that she had done and become. And that she was the force for all of us to become these incredible entrepreneurs. You know, we came from a long line of strong women and I wanted my girls to, to know from, from where they came. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the things you've done to keep her memory alive for them? So many, I mean, one of the funniest things is that um, when they were small and we would come home and it was too late to have a proper bath, I would say, we need to just have a grandma Ellen bath. And that was a washcloth under the sink, under the faucet, getting all the important parts and then um, tucking into bed. And it's things like that, that they still talk about. It's the songs that she sang to me when I was younger that I then in turn sang to them and would let them know whether they were camp songs. I went to the same summer camp as my mom, which was really a lot of fun. Camp Boy Casuda girls through and through an all girls camp in New Hampshire. So those camp songs, even though my kids didn't go to the same summer camp, became part of our part of our fiber of being. It's really like who we are. And she taught them to me and I in turn taught them to my kids. I also always encouraged a lot of photos and frames. You know, we became a society where all of our pictures uh, are on our phones. And I can't tell you how often mm -hmm. I will print one and put it in a frame and gift it to family members. Sometimes around Thanksgiving, I'll bring them. Sometimes I'll ask great aunts, aunts, do you have any pictures of mom that I might not have and, and ask for those. And even stories, same thing, when we're all gathered around a family occasion, I always use it as an opportunity to ask my other family members, extended family members for stories of my mom that, that they might be able to share um, that I don't know, which I love. The loss of her is postpartum depression. I'm wondering if maybe some women have that due to not grieving for a parent or how did it impact you? Absolutely. I realized that um, I needed the support of someone to come in and help me because I didn't know the first thing about being a, a mom. So I asked my family said, do you need a carriage? Do you need a crib? Do you need, you know, all the things that perhaps a mom would help and support you with. And I had no family where we were living at all. And so I realized that I needed that support and arranged for that. So it wasn't every day and it wasn't all day for sure, but it was just a little bit of mothering so often that I hadn't afforded myself the opportunity. I think when we lose a parent, we create a sense of fortitude and strength and independence and then what happens is it comes and bites us because when we really do need the support, we feel like we have to rise up and meet the occasion as we would other tasks that we've learned to do independently. And that was, an, that was a time in my life where I really accepted help. Um, a, a beloved woman named Lulu who came and um, 
showed me a lot of the tricks that she knew uh, about having a, a newborn. I had this tremendous sadness. I, even being pregnant, had this tremendous sadness. The last thing you want to do is pass that on to your baby in utero. So I also found the support of the therapist. And I was able to name what I was feeling, grief and mother loss. And so I think you're exactly right. I think sometimes we don't realize it may or may not be postpartum depression or prepartum depression, if you will, but it may just be like, gosh, this is a big life event. One that my mom, I dreamed would be right there with me and becoming a grandma and all of the things that you thought would unfold as you were having a child are not the future that you imagined. How did you know to reach out and how did you give yourself permission? When we were kids, she was very honest. They, my folks went through a divorce that was pretty amicable, I would say, and they remained very good friends. I think they were both pretty um, self-actualized. But my mom actually told my sister and I that she saw a therapist. And so I think that it was always part of the fabric of our lives that if you need help, ask for help. But, but as I said, after a loss, I feel like there are so many things that you learn to do on your own and without a mom that um, I just knew something was not right. And I missed her so terribly at that moment. I mean, the first call I wanted to make when I found out that I was having a baby was to my mom. I remember when um, the doctor was doing a scan and said, do you want to know the sex of the baby? And I said, well, if there's some higher power out there, it's a girl because getting mm -hmm. back that mother-daughter relationship was so important to me. And wow. sure enough, it was. And that and that little girl is named after my mom. Wow. My daughter is Emma Jane and my mom was Ellen Jane. There was just something beautiful about gaining that relationship back and imagining myself as a mother. With the help of the therapist, actually, to be able to name it grief because I didn't really have a name for that longing. I didn't really have a name for that bittersweet feeling, like how lovely to be able to have a baby and then how sad it felt to not be able to have a baby with her by my side. So your mom died. Were you fairly newly uh, married? Yeah. So you had him kind of to turn to. Yeah. For that and building that life. So you, and how long was it after she died that you got pregnant? She died in uh, 1993, and I had Emma in 1996. Okay, so mm -hmm. three years, yeah. So that's kind of interesting from a grief perspective, you know. Three years actually is not a long time. I mean, no. the, the third year is supposed to be kind of where you wake up to the fact that this is going to be your life now without your mother, and there you are pregnant. So that was really mm -hmm. kind of a... Yeah, and, and I think the other milestone that really... Um, kind of came to bite was actually my birthday. The mm. first time that I celebrated a birthday without my mother, I think was the first time that I realized, oh, this is the day she brought me into the world. This is not wow. just flowers and balloons and feeling special for 24 hours. This is the day that she birthed me. And it really was this unbelievable feeling of, again, one of those days that's so bittersweet. It's like, oh, the joy of, you know, how lucky am I this, this day older? Um, and also those birthdays where now I'm, she was 50 when she passed away. And I am, you know, I, I feel like borrowed time turning 58 and feel like all of this time is, is borrowed. I hear a lot of people saying that they think they're going to die the same at the same age as their parents. 
I hear that. Did a you lot ever too. feel like at 50 that maybe that was going to be your last year or did you not have that experience? No, ironically, I woke up at 49 and I mm -hmm. think feel like the thing that was um, on repeat was what if this is all you had from 49 to 50? I felt very much. What if this is all you have? Okay. And at 50, I made myself a, a party and surrounded myself with friends at a yoga class. I asked three mm -hmm. beloved teachers if they would co-teach and invited everybody and actually prepared a piece of writing that was about my mom and letting them all know that this was the year that she had passed away. She was only 50. I felt so, so young and I felt like there was so much more to life, but I sort of wanted to be witnessed and wanted her to be witnessed in, in sharing the story of her and what she meant to me on that particular day, honoring her. Talk to us a little bit about the memory circle. Memory circle was mostly um, uh, unnamed motherless daughters um, events that I would do in the yoga studio. And um, the circle felt like it just needed to get wider with more people that came and would say, I'm going through a divorce. I lost my father. I lost my brother. Um, can I come if, and I thought, you know, there's just everybody that would leave would say, I always feel like there's no place to go. It made me feel so glad that there was a place to go. So um, I was about to be interviewed uh, for a podcast. And the very last line on the intake form said, is there anything else you want us to know? And I, out of the fingers, at, right into the keys, came the memory circle. I had never searched it. I had never thought of the name. I had never spoken it aloud. And it just felt so right as the keeper of the memories, the eldest in my family, and also the idea of a circle where we could sit shoulder to shoulder with others who had experienced loss. That was really the only concept that I um, could think of to just make the circle bigger and invite everybody in, not just motherless daughters. And I got several certifications <laughs> um, through David Kessler and Claire Bridwell-Smith and um, became a certified grief coach. And that's when the circle really got bigger. <laughs> so now I see um, beautiful circles on Zoom and in person in the New York State area. And I also see people one-on-one. -on -one. And again, for loss of all kinds, you have this longing. It's this, it's this piece of you that feels like it needs some, some settling, some understanding. And to me, I felt for so many years that there wasn't a place for me to be, as you said, because I was, I was an adult, right? This should be something that I can handle. This is something that people imagine because it's our elders will likely um, pass mm -hmm. before us, but I was so young and right. you're expected to be um, so steady, right? And there's so much that feels like it's, it's missing. I write to her, I write about her. That's another way that I keep her memory alive. I've begun to share lots of writing about her and it inspired so many people that I continue to do it. And I, I call it like writing out loud. You know, there's the stuff that I do in my journal and then there's there's the stuff that I share with, with others that I think that feeling that we have when we sit shoulder to shoulder with others that me too. What's your website? 
TheMemoryCircle.com and at the memory circle on Instagram. And um, my, as, as I always say, my DMs are open. I'm, I'm very open. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today. We appreciate it a lot. And uh, as we said, we also interviewed you on our uh, television show that people can go see that. So thank you for being on and for all the wonderful work you're doing in the name mm -hmm. of your mom. Thank you both. It makes me, um, makes my heart happy when I see this mother daughter experience. Yes, thank you so much, Barry, for validating and acknowledging how difficult it is to be an adult and lose a parent. And like you said, my mom and I are very close and I still turn to her often as an adult to ask her questions, mm -hmm. you know? So my heart goes out to you and, and I'm glad that you're there for others that are having similar losses. Hmm, thanks. I love my work. I love my people and um, love being with you guys again. Thank you again. Well, we want to thank everybody for being on the show today and uh, listening to our wonderful guest. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.